A Monty Compost Cast, a weekly fact on composting. Find a level, well-drained area and site your bin or your heap on soil or a lawn. This way you can take advantage of microbes or earthworms which will come up into your compost from below. So we're on a family picnic and we're going miles and miles away from home, aren't we, Farmer Phil? Well, two fields. Aren't we, Mont? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So where are we now, Phil? We're in the drive meadow, approaching the hog's coppice. And I'm looking across to some yellow barley. Very thirsty barley, I'm afraid. It's um, not very happy at all, is it? There's nothing I can do about it. We haven't had any rain and that crop seems to be the one that's suffering the most at, at, at this moment. It might yet recover if it, you know, it, it's all there, um, although it looks a bit sick now, it's amazing how these things will compensate. And if it doesn't recover, will it just mean a lower yield? Yes, it mm. uh, could be a radically lower yield, but prices are going up all the time, so that'll compensate to some extent. And I'm looking at a piece of hedge that basically looks a bit ropey, and for the listeners, um, they may not be aware, but Farmer Phil has entered the, or attempted to enter, the HLS, the Higher Level Scheme. That's correct, yeah. Which, which is, the, is what? Well, it's the, what it says really, the Higher Level Environmental Scheme. So you've missed out the entry level? We do that as part of it. Right. So we do a joint application, do the whole shooting match at once. But you've told us a million times that you don't want to rely on government handouts. I don't, but as you pointed out to me, I'm passing up the opportunity of the money, so I might as well have it. And also, there is a benefit to the well, environment, and actually, the farm, and yourself, actually, and the hedge, actually, and the birds, and actually, the wildlife. <laughs> what has happened is that they have changed the spec, particularly of the higher level scheme, that because of the cost constraints imposed on them, they've actually turned around and said that they want it to show a little more value for money rather than just be a, a means of becoming a park keeper, if you like. Basically, we have designed our scheme with environmental benefit, with commercial farming to go hand in hand so that we're aiming to preserve and enhance our network of hedges, link together our existing areas of habitat with margins and things like that, but we've been very careful to place the margins so that they buffer things that are valuable, like sites of special scientific interest or ditches or watercourses, and we've taken the opportunity to take out of production um, pieces of land which are not really suited to agricultural production and would be better off as habitat. So I'm looking here at a, well, a native mixed hedge, I suppose, and it kind of stops 100 yards before the end of the field, 100 metres. Yeah, I don't actually know why there was never a hedge there, but there was But there's no commercial gain in planting this hedge because you've got a lovely fence. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem and that's probably one of the benefits of uh, the environmental schemes is that because 
the planting of a hedge there would be purely for subjective visual benefit and envir environmental benefit. There's no farming benefit at all. So without wishing to rub it in in any way, of course, that hedge would never get replanted under your stewardship because there's no commercial gain. But now, because you're having some money from the government to do it, not only will you have employed yourself, you'll have bought some hedging from a very nice hedging supplier locally. You will have planted approximately, let me see, five trees, so 500 uh, different trees of probably 11 different species and made a huge difference to the wildlife because of the bugs and beasties that you're going to support within the hedge. That's true. But my, <laughs> but my reasons that when you say that under my stewardship there's no way I would plant that hedge yeah it is as a consequence of subsidy and the way that the agricultural business in in Europe is constructed that has left us in the state that no I couldn't afford under my stewardship to do things like that had we got a business which was based more on the real price of food and that it relied on its customers paying the real price of food which allowed a proper margin for the farmer without subsidy then these sorts of land improvement measures if you like would be as commonplace as they used to be years ago the difference now is that the cost of labor is so much very much higher by comparison with the value of, of the food that we produce we can't afford without some sort of extra funding to do these sorts of things. So who will plant this hedge? Well when it comes to things that we can do on the farm ourselves we probably will. Will no. you make a profit out of planting this hedge? No we won't make a profit but we will be fairly paid for our labour in doing it and the capital cost of some of the things but if we got contractors to do the whole work it would cost us money. I see. By doing it ourselves we can pay ourselves some money for doing it, if you like, but yeah. probably not a commercial rate. But the way it works is we will get paid a figure per metre for reinstating the hedge or coppicing it and repairing it. And that amount will depend on how much work we have to do to it. Right. Now, Monty's on his push bike. I've got the picnic to surprise what's in here. Ham sandwiches. That's what we like. Where are we going? We're going to the hog's coppice. And what's there? more grass seed. I thought we were going to see some amazing ponds. Well there's there's a three pieces of woodland that the duchy have reinstated because they've been neglected and left for a number of years and they've cleaned them out and replanted them and cleaned the ponds out and so on which actually will work very well because it'll fit together with what we're doing habitat wise on the farm. And are the honeybees down here? Uh, no. Okay. Well, not the ones that you're talking about, that we've got over on the shooting aspect of the woodland. The local bee group have set up a group of hives and are going to run beekeeping courses there. Can you shove over a little in the grass, see, because um, I'm in the nettles and they are stingers. And uh, what's on now then? Because yesterday was the hottest April day since 1949 and I must say it was lovely. Well 12 months ago it was absolutely chucking it down, hissing down, cold, horrible, wet weather. So this is just, well I've never known it like this at this time of year I must say. And what have you got left to plant as you've been ploughing for the last 50 years? 
Well, we've been pausing a little bit. We've got about half the peas left to plant, but we would really like to plant them in anticipation of some rain. Why do they need well, rain? Well, the worry is that they'll germinate, but then they won't have the water to carry on. If we can plant them in anticipation of some rain, then they'll germinate and grow away. The worst thing with peas is patchy germination, so if you get some to grow and not others, because you end up with two or three different growth stages, which is very awkward. What, because when you go to harvest them? Some are green, some are ripe, they're all over the shop. I think probably we will plant those this week, and then we've just got the sunflowers to plant. In the past we planted those in June, but we're going to plant them as soon as we finish the peas, really. Why? Basically because our fears about frost and sunflowers experience of fellow growers suggests that they're unfounded and that we ought to get them in earlier, get them up and away sooner and we'll harvest them sooner. What I wanted to know was, you know we spoke about Nemeslug and how fantastic that is for gardeners and you worked out how expensive it would be to deal with a nematode on your farm. Mm. Well it turns out that actually that was why Nemeslug was invented, was for farmers and the packets have then been made smaller for allotmenteers and for gardeners. I think that's right and also because the chemicals that our modern slug bait is formulated from are on the whole quite nasty chemicals and if they're not nasty chemicals they're no good as slug bait that the future of slightly more subtle means of dealing with slugs such as Nemeslug will come into their own. Well I've sent you the farmer's trade price list so that you can move over from the nasty brown pellets to the lovely wiggly nematodes forthwith. Well I was hoping that you would still do me a beneficial deal for trialling it on a field scale. <laughs> Very good. So from the most beautiful day ever on the ground behind a log Lots and lots of deciduous trees. Yep, and mostly oak and chestnut in here with a few wild service and things like that. It is an utterly lovely day in the Herefordshire countryside. I don't think... Can I hear a sound? Let me see. You can hear a skylark. Let's be silent and see what we can hear. Two dogs are panting and a skylark in a pear, pear tree. tree. You can't quite see the pear tree. <laughs> Not bad, is it? Not bad at all.